Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When you're going through difficult times, I know many times I've been at the hospital and there's been wrecks and disasters and whatever. Even in our life, when I'm going through something or my wife or the kids or whatever when we were younger, it's amazing encouraging just to have somebody, you open your eyes and there's a friend. And you're waiting for the doctor to come. And there's a friend. They're not saying a word. They're just beside you. Is that worth something? Oh, that's worth a lot. You see, the world doesn't have it. Everyone goes through difficulties in life. We've all had hard times of one sort or another. One of the most difficult experiences to deal with is that of not having someone to share that burden with. As Pastor Mark is teaching, one of the benefits of being a Christian is that we have the presence of the Holy Spirit within us and with us. The comfort, wisdom, and guidance offered provide things the world without Christ can't fathom. The other thing Christians should offer to each other is to come alongside each other providing support and prayer as necessary. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 2 with part 1 of his message, Gel and Flow Together. Everyone is needed. you need a Bible here in Melbourne, we'd love to give you one. If you've come tonight and didn't bring a Bible, that's what we do here. So we'll give you one. Just raise your hand. We'll show you where to turn. Those of you in the commons and those of you that are sitting out in the cafetorium, get your Bibles, if you will. First place we're going to actually turn is Philippians chapter 2. We've made it that far. Doing this series called Outrageous Contagious Joy. The title of our teaching tonight is to gel and flow together because everyone is needed. A few months ago, I was at a senior pastor's conference out in California, and I came across this car, and I made a second look, and I says, I'm taking that picture. Because I don't really know what that means. I didn't know if this was like a home for kids But there's 14 in that family. Count them. So I began to think about that. Well, that can't be the only car. They must have a bus or something. And then I began to think as I looked at all of that, I wonder how that family flows together. What would a morning be like there? Getting them ready for school. Well, how does the church flow together. That's what Paul's talking about. Paul's writing back. He's in Rome in prison. He's writing back to the church he established in Philippi. We'll see later on as we move through the book of Philippi that 
Well, most of the church is doing very, very well. But there's a little bit of division. So he begins to write about that in this uh, passage as we get to chapter 2. And uh, he wants them to know that the church, like a family, should be personal, it should be healthy, and really it should be a joyful mixing of people, the words I use, to gel and kind of flow together. And uh, as you look around here at this campus and our other three campuses, Paul has a lot to say to you and to me tonight. Are we gelling? Are we flowing as a team? And do we really understand what our common purpose is? Why are we here as a church? We begin in chapter 2, verse 1. Paul says, if you have any encouragement from being the key there is united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. Now, the word if is really, Paul is just using this to stimulate teaching. He really means since. But he's just posing the question to the church. Is there anybody there that encourages one another? And basically, he's really talking in these first two verses about Christ. If we're in Christ, does Christ encourage us? Well, Paul says, absolutely he does. So if you write in your Bibles, and you should, you should just write there, if equals since. And that makes much more sense. Since you have comfort, encouragement from being united with Christ, since you have comfort from his love, since you have fellowship with the Spirit, and since you have tenderness and compassion from Christ. So that's what it means. Now, what does it mean in Christ? That's very simple. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So everybody in our world is either in Christ or in Satan. There's only two kingdoms. So you're either in Christ, and that comes through salvation, or you're in Satan, in the flesh, in yourself, whatever. There's only two. But basically, kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. So what Paul says, since you're in Christ, this is for Christ followers tonight, but what Paul is really saying is, since you're in Christ, what does that get you? Since you're united with Christ... He says, uh, you're not doing life alone. We're a big team. And then he lists for us four amazing benefits that sometimes we forget because we are united in Christ and, and we're doing life together. So Paul says, here's how much God loves you. Now, if you have the King James or some of the other, even the New King James, some of those words in verse 1 are very, very difficult. They, I mean, we never even heard some of these words, consolation and what. It doesn't make any sense to us. So I'm going to give them to you in the original language, and it will make a lot of sense to you. I've just reworded them. Even in the NIV, sometimes the wording is a little difficult. So here's the first of four. Write them down tonight, if you will. Number one. What do I get when I'm united with Christ? Well, I get God's encouragement. In other words, he comes alongside to support me. Now, thinking about that, you already kind of what, should know what that word encouragement is in the original language. It, it, it's simply the word that you're familiar with, paraclete. 
And what that means is, when you came to Christ, Christ lives in you, but really through the Holy Spirit. So, the Holy Spirit is that paraclete. He's the one who comes alongside us. And he comes alongside us to support us, to encourage us. You see, it's impossible, really, to do life successfully alone. And Paul says to the church at Philippi, I'm not there, but the Holy Spirit is there. And he's alongside you in your meetings, in your group sessions, in your home groups, individually at your quiet time. When you're going through a difficult time, you have God, to the person of the Holy Spirit, who comes alongside you. He's there. Referring, of course, again to the Holy Spirit. So I want you to think about that because do you ever need any encouragement from somebody that's alongside you? Absolutely. And you can just think of a lot of areas in life when you're going through difficult times. I know many times I've been at the hospital and there's been wrecks and disasters and whatever. Even in our life, when I'm going through something or my wife or the kids or whatever when we were younger... It's amazingly encouraging just to have somebody, you open your eyes and there's a friend. And you're waiting for the doctor to come. And there's a friend. They're not saying a word. They're just beside you. Is that worth something? Oh, that's worth a lot. You see, the world doesn't have that. So the Holy Spirit is alongside us. I need that. I need that support many times. Man, what am I doing, God? You're just there. When you leave this building tonight, God goes with you. The world does not have that. Understand what I just said. The world does not have that. So where do they look for support? Alcohol, drugs, other people. No, I want God beside me. And that's who you have. So Paul says, first thing you get is you get this amazing encouragement and comfort from the Holy Spirit. The next thing he says there, take a look at it. Verse 1. If any comfort from his love. Now that is very, very similar with a little difference. It's actually partly the same word. And here's number two, what you want to write down. God's comfort, encouraging words. This is someone, because the Greek word actually means words. Someone who comes alongside to speak comfortable words into our ears. The emphasis on not just someone who comes alongside and their presence brings me great encouragement. But this is somebody that comes alongside and speaks words of encouragement and comfort to us. They know the way to speak. Very often... We hear words like this. You're no good. That was a stupid thing. You can't do it. Who do you think you are trying to do that? That's not what God's talking about here. He's talking about the Holy Spirit who is coming alongside us. And when we get discouraged, the Holy Spirit begins to speak into us encouraging words. Our Heavenly Father 
speaks encouraging words into us. Let me show you one. 2 Corinthians 4.16, New Living Translation says this. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Right now, God is speaking those encouraging words to some of you. Look what it says. Don't throw in the towel tonight. In your situation, in your marriage, don't throw it away. Don't do it. You see, the world comes and says, they never make it, can't do it, crazy, no job, never make That's why we never give up. That's the Spirit speaking to us. Right alongside of us, the author of the Bible. Encouraging words. Though our bodies are dying, but why did he have to say that? You know, sometimes we forget that's happening. Just tonight, add 20 years to what you are right now. That's a little scary, isn't it? You know, if I had 20 years to where I'm at, I'm probably in that little box of ashes somewhere. I don't know where they'll be scattered, but just think about that. So he says, just be realistic. But while you're here, he says, our spirits are being renewed. Now, during worship, were your spirits renewed? Hallelujah. So what the Spirit is saying to you tonight, He's coming alongside and He's speaking words into your ear, really into your spirit. Don't give up. Don't quit. God's going to be with you. Very often as children, some of us have to overcome those kind of things that were spoken into us as kids. You listen to your Heavenly Father tonight. You can do it. You were made for this. Let me read you another verse. Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. The Spirit says to you tonight, do not give up. Words of comfort. Words of encouragement. Words of incentive. That's what God does. That's the world of being in Christ. And then he goes on to number three. Notice what that verse says. Any fellowship with the Spirit. Well, that one's not as difficult because we're familiar with that word. Koinonia, that partnership it really means. So I put it like this. Number three, when we are in Christ, we have the partnership with the Spirit. What's that mean? We're family. We belong. One of the major keys that you need in your life as a human being is to belong. That is a need God put in all of us. I need to belong. And so what this really means is the Holy Spirit comes alongside with all his resources. Everything that I need to make me feel like I belong, like we're family. And that's one of the things that we strive to do in our campuses to make sure that you know that we belong. This is a friendly campus. We were with somebody recently and they were just saying, uh, I was this week actually, and they were saying, you know, most of our time we've been in small churches, small Calvaries, real small Calvaries. And when we came here, we we're like, mm, this is going to be a stretch for us. 
But I was really encouraged. Here's what they said. We actually believe this is the friendliest church we've ever been in. Thousands and thousands of people. That's kudos to you. By the way, I'm speaking kind words into your ears right now. Did you get me? But it's true. They were speaking kind words to me. I need kind words. And that comes from koinonia, family. We're getting to know one another. As I said, as you understand that, that's why we hang out after the services. We get to know one another. We just don't run to the car, go home, push the gate thing, put the garage door down, and sit in the back in a fenced-in yard and hum something like I'm lonely or whatever. (laughs) Cut it out. Be family. Be family. And in other words, every resource we have comes from God. I can do whatever he asks me to do because we're family. We're partnered with him. Next, the last one. Notice, tenderness and compassion. It really means in the original language, a heart of mercy and compassion. When we come to God, Not only is there grace, but there's mercy. So number four, write this down. When we're in Christ, we get God's mercy. What does that simply mean? It means that we don't get what we deserve. Hallelujah. We just don't get what we deserve. Now you remember when you were younger, and mom and dad would tell you to do whatever. I remember once my mom said, don't go outside the house. You haven't been whatever, and you can't go outside the house. Okay, okay. So they left. I just went I just went to the front porch. Just a little step right there. That's as far as I went. I thought, well, this is good enough. This is fine. They'll never know it. I'm here. I'm talking with my friends. They wanted to play ball. So I'm playing ball with them. But I'm only outside the door, so I'm cool. Except the first ball I hit went through the glass window of the neighbor. Now, what would I expect to get when mom and dad came home? I actually got it. (laughs) Plus, I had to pay for the window. You know, God's a God of mercy. You realize how often you don't get what you deserve? God's a, a merciful God. Because we're united with him in Christ... That's how we became believers. We didn't deserve it. He saved us, not because of our goodness, but because of his grace. We didn't deserve it. He's a God full of compassion and mercy, and he's a tender God. That sounds very strange, but he is. He's a tender God. And that simply means then, as we see these four things, let's look at them and review them. Look at your notes. We have a God of encouragement, someone that comes alongside us to support us. God comes alongside us. Number two, we have a God who comes alongside us with encouraging words. He speaks to us. You can do it. Go for it. A God who, well, we're part of him. We belong. We're partners. And so all the resources the Holy Spirit has, I get because I'm family with him, that koinonia, that partnership. And number four, mercy. God's a God of mercy. Now, when you look at all four of those, how does that apply to us? What is any as usual? Thanks, Pastor Mark. That was really great to see a little bit of the character of God and who he is. But what in the world does any of that have to do with me? Well, everything. Just look at me for a moment. I'll explain to you. Then we'll read the verse and make a lot of sense. In verse 1, we get, if you're in Christ, you get these four things. Lots more, but you get these four things. He's reminding the church. Verse 2, he says, 
Um, now you mimic God. I want you to do the same four things in a similar way to the people that you're around. So you be God in the church where you're at. And so we're going to see the wording he uses. And we're going to see how to do that. Then we're going to understand, why don't I do it sometimes? Why am I not really filled with mercy sometimes? And I want to get revenge. What does that look like? We'll learn all of that in verse 2 and verse 3 and verse 4. Now let's look at verse 2. Then make my joy complete or full by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit, one accord, and of the of the same mind or the same purpose. So Paul says to the church, you have God to encourage you. You have God to comfort you. You have God to speak kind words to you. You have God to make you feel like you belong. And finally, you have a God that shows you mercy when you don't deserve it. Now, Paul says, imitate God. The same way, use these four ways and more to treat one another in the church. Remember, there was a little bit of division. He says, you shouldn't have any of that because when I hear that you're treating, that division is gone and you're treating each other like God treats you, then my joy will be filled. It'll just be running over. So three keys I'll give you tonight as we go through. Here's the first one, and it's for all of us. Christ followers, uh, flow in unity. Remember, the title tonight is to gel or flow together. So we need to flow together in unity. That's really what he says there in verse 2. Now, what does that look like? Let me give you a practical illustration. This is the church in Sebastian. And this is the workers. Pastor Norm got out. The school had really... It's a great school, great auditorium that seats a thousand people. But there was a lot of stuff outside that just needed to be done. Trimming and stuff. They've cut like everybody today. They've cut back all these workers, and and, and so they Norm got fifty five people from the campus, and they went that day. Take a look at all the things they're doing. See, this is flowing unity. They for the football team. They built lockers for the football team. And he just got together and did all this stuff. So you see, and there's lots more pictures, but those are just the ones I want to show you. Now, all of a sudden, the school district emailing us, great job, thank you so much, amazing that a church would do this. Ah, wonderful. Is that like good or not? That's like, a, well, who did that? The people there did that. The people did it. They got out. And I'll read to you what Norm sent to me. He said, all the work was completed. We had 55 different folks working through the weekend. We received great feedback from the school regarding the work we did. We also built an equipment room for the football team, mulched the whole campus, added dirt to low-lying areas, trimmed over 60 trees, and pressure washed the whole courtyard. Praise God. Today, Pastor Mark reminded us of the commonness of life's hard times. What should be the difference for Christ followers is other Christ followers coming alongside us to comfort and provide support. We heard the Apostle Paul's example of encouragement to the church at Philippi to remain strong in the faith and want to model our lives after his example. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. 
We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, we'll conclude the message, Gel and Flow Together. Everyone is needed. Pastor Mark will develop further the concept of believers working in unity. We will find out how working in unity differs from blind consensus and how this difference can be a positive witness to the world around us. Putting God first in all things will help create true cohesiveness. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series called Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.